0: COMING UP ON MARRIAGE TODAY WITH
1: JIMMY AND KAREN. YOU HAVE A 100% CHANCE OF SUCCESS IN MARRIAGE. YOU you WERE MADE FOR MARRIAGE. GOD MADE YOU IN YOUR MOTHER'S WOMB, AND YOU WERE MADE FOR MARRIAGE. AND SOME PEOPLE JUST THINK, I DON'T KNOW THAT I CAN SUCCEED IN MARRIAGE. YOU KNOW, I'M FEARFUL OF MARRIAGE. I HAVE A 50-50 CHANCE. YOU DON'T HAVE A 50-50 CHANCE. YOU HAVE A 100% CHANCE IF YOU DO IT GOD'S WAY. When you don't understand the laws of marriage, it's a really scary thing. And it was for Karen and me. We got married at 19 years old. We didn't have any pre-marriage preparation before we got married. And so we didn't know. And honestly, I just thought you're either lucky enough to marry the right person or you're unlucky and you marry the wrong person. And honestly, I loved Karen. I was very attracted to her. But I thought I married the wrong person after a few years of marriage because, and she did too, because it just wasn't working. We didn't know. No one ever told us We were violating every law of marriage. And so some of you watching right now, you love each other and God puts you together, but you may be frustrated, you may be discouraged, you may be fearful because you've failed before in marriages or you feel like you're failing now and you don't know what to do. I just want to give you the good news. When God creates anything, he creates it for success. And when God creates anything, he creates it upon the laws of his kingdom and the laws of his word. So when God created marriage, he said some very important words. And this is Genesis 2, 24 and 25. You probably heard this before. It says, therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and shall cleave to his wife and they shall be one flesh and they were both naked, the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. Now I had heard that scripture read and I'd heard it at marriages and weddings and things like that, but I never knew that those were the four foundational laws of marriage. And that everything, God created marriage and he spoke those words. And when he spoke those words, he created a a foundation for marriage that would ensure that every marriage could succeed. Now, listen to what I'm about to say. You have a 100% chance of success in marriage. You, You were made for marriage. God made you in your mother's womb and you were made for marriage. And some people just think, I don't know that I can succeed in marriage. You know, I'm fearful of marriage. I have a 50-50 chance. You don't have a 50-50 chance. You have a 100% chance if you do it God's way. Let me tell you the other good news. It's not complicated. If it was complicated, I couldn't do it. (laughs) God doesn't use me to do this because I'm special. God uses me to do this because if I can do it, anybody can do it. So the first law of marriage is the law of priority. The Bible says for this cause a man shall leave his father and his mother. The word leave there doesn't mean you mistreat your father or mother. It just means you reprioritize. Before you get married, they're your closest blood kin. Before you marry, if it came down to it, they're the most important priority in your life. But what it says is for this cause, not for every cause, but for this cause, you've got to reprioritize your relationship and don't be mean to your mom and dad. Don't you know do anything unbecoming, but... You've got to reprioritize, and now your spouse becomes first. Listen, marriage only works in first place. It won't work in any other place. And so we have to reprioritize our lives and able to do this. Now let me talk about legitimate jealousy for just a minute. Because there is a bad kind of jealousy, but when we get married, there is a natural jealousy that is inside of us that God puts there. Let me give you an example of this. Uh, We have two children. our, Our children are in their 30s, and when our daughter, Julie, was born. We got married at 19, and Julie was born when we were 20. And uh, about 12 months after we got married, because we all doing the math. And uh, (laughs) we, and Julie was born, and uh, she was born, I I had not held her. That was before the days that guys went into the room when babies were being birthed. So I was waiting outside, Julie was born, and they took her into where they, you know, cleaned her off and measured her and all those things. And so I had never held Julie. I I had just, you know, obviously Karen was pregnant, and and then when she was laying in this little room with these nurses, I was looking in the window at her, and one of the nurses walked up and grabbed her by the heels, you know how they do to measure them, and she just grabbed her by her heels and just hung her by her heels to measure her. I almost went through the plate glass window. (laughs) I mean, literally, my body just said, jump through there and rescue her. That woman, was, you know, handle like a sack of taters, you know, so it, it frightened me. Well, what I realized was the instant that my daughter was born, I became a protective father. I never read a book about it. Nothing ever told me I was supposed to do that. It was instinctive. When you stand at the altar and get married or you get married, something, God places something inside of you that says, you belong to me first. Before your parents, before your friends, before the kids before your work, before athletics, you belong to me first. It happens with both of us. And so remember in Exodus 34, 14, God says, my name is jealous. God, one of the names of God in the Bible is capital J, jealous, and jealous means intolerant of rivalry. God is not sick jealous, he is passionate jealous. God loves us and he fights for the relationship. And God resents anything in our life that has taken his place because God deserves first place, right? Okay, so God wants first place. He he believes that he deserves first place, and he does. So when God sees us giving his place to somebody else, God becomes jealous, again, not out of an emotional unhealth, but out of passion. I'm thankful that I serve a God who loves me and fights for the relationship. I am, okay. Okay. But in marriage, you naturally will become jealous when something has taken your place in your spouse's life. They did a study of couples, and they found, and this is not a good study. This was just but it was a real study. And they found that couples that first get married, we hear about the honeymoon being over, they're the happiest. And this is a secular survey. Shouldn't be that way, but they are. And the reason is nothing has happened in the beginning of the marriage to upset the priorities of the marriage. But when children come into the marriage, the satisfaction of the marriage typically drops. Again, there's nothing wrong with kids. Kids are a blessing. But when children come into the marriage, what typically happens is, a man turns his attention more to his career, a woman turns her attention more to the children. And the priority of the marriage is lost. When children enter into secondary education, junior high and high school, marriage satisfaction is typically at its lowest. And that is because the kids are active, they they need a, a chauffeur, they need to, they, they're socially active, and they need a lot of attention, and they need a lot of money. And once again, the, they do. And so there's pressure on the father, there's pressure on the mother, and again, they're not spending time together. Once the kids leave home, when they're 18, 19, 38, once they leave home, <laughs> the marriage satisfaction goes up, typically at that point. But unfortunately, never as much as it was before. And let me tell you the, the sad part about that is God made marriage to get better every year. God, God never makes anything to fail. How sick is it that the rookie's supposed to be the best? Is there any other area of life where the rookie is supposed to be the example? And, and, and what a terrible thing to say is, oh, how long have you been married? Well, we've been married 10 years. Oh, the honeymoon's over. Well, now you've got a lifetime of drudgery. Ahead of you. Good luck. You know, it, what a, marriage gets better when you do it God's way and it only works in first place. It won't work in third or fourth place. I, believe me, I tried. And so here's how to establish and maintain the right priorities in your marriage. There's two steps. One is they have to be proven in real terms, not just words. It, you can't just say you're first in my life. You have to prove that your spouse is first in your life. And here are four ways that you prove your priorities in marriage. They're very simple. One is sacrifice. What would you give up for me? It's real, it's real simple. What will you get, golf, and golf is of the Lord, is that golf almost ruined our marriage because Karen, early in our marriage, I golfed all the time. Karen wanted me to give up golf. I told her, I said, no, but you can come caddy for me. It was a near-death experience. I saw the white light, the whole thing. And is that I wouldn't give up golf for her, but I didn't understand why she was so upset. What will you give up for me? Now, I want you to listen to me just a minute. The second one is time. Sacrifice, what will you give up for me? The second one is time, consistent with priority. If you're telling me that I'm first, there has to be time. Time is the essential commodity of relationship. To ruin your relationships, all I have to do is keep time away from you. And there's the old saying, if the devil can't get in front of you and stop you, he'll get behind you and push you too fast. And people are going too fast, and they don't have time for family, and they don't have time for each other, and we have to cut back. What will you give up for me and how much time are you going to give me? Let me say this. When Karen and I got married, there weren't cell phones. There weren't computers. There weren't fax machines. There weren't cars. There weren't, no. We had cars back then. But listen, there weren't computers and cell phones and all that. So when you were with a person, you were with that person. If, if you were on a date and you were like eating dinner, it was just you. No one else was with you. Today, we have... So much electronic intrusion into our lives. And when you're dating, here's what happens. When you're dating, your phone rings and you look at it and turn it off. Wh- whoever's calling you, you you turn it off. Because it's like, sorry, sorry, someone's trying to get a hold of me, but you're more important. You're more important. I'm going to sacrifice talking to my friend because of you. When you're married, you take the call. And what happens is, sometimes it's okay. Sometimes you're together and it's a casual getting together. But I'm telling you, there's sometimes I'm with Karen. I don't want her talking on her telephone. And she doesn't want me talking on my telephone. And what this means is, I'm going to sacrifice being connected to everybody on earth for as long as it takes for us to bond. And let me say something. Electronics are great. And I believe in technology. It's a good servant, but it's a terrible master. It will destroy your relationships if you don't discipline it. The second way that you prove priorities is you have to constantly protect them from good things out of priority. Good things out of priority. Most of the things that destroy marriages aren't bad things. They're good things out of priority. Let me give you an example. When I went into the ministry, Karen and I had a real problem early in our marriage with golf, work, and golf. And I hung up my golf clubs for several years and it healed our marriage. Because what it communicated to Karen is she was first in my life. And, and I gave her then the time that golf was taking from her. And now she doesn't mind if I play golf because she knows that she comes first. But when I came into the ministry, I, I was in business before I came to the ministry. The Lord healed our marriage. People started coming to us for marriage counseling. Uh, the pastor of our church walked up to me and said, would you come on staff to do marriage counseling? I was shocked because I didn't, I didn't feel qualified. I'd never had any formal training in that. But I came on staff to do marriage counseling and then 10 months later he left to take a church in Florida and I became the senior pastor of our church at 29 years old, I was terrified. I didn't know how to preach a sermon. I, I didn't know how to, to do a funeral or a wedding. Uh, I didn't know how to manage a staff. Our church was 900 people at that time. And I'm, I had no experience. And I had no friends in the ministry. I, all my friends were in the appliance business. They were worthless at that point in time. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, Bob, how do you pastor somebody, you know? And, and uh, but it just, so I was I was in ministry, didn't have any friends in ministry, 29 years old, and I was, Obsessed. Well, I had fear, fear of failure, fear of rejection. All those things were motivating me, and uh, I worked too much. And when I came home, Karen, Karen was, Karen's the best wife in the world, and she was totally supportive of me being in ministry and pastoring and all that, but I would come home after 12- or 14-hour days, and when I came home, again, Karen's a great wife, but she would say, Brent needs this, Julie needs this, I need this. And that's not what I wanted to hear. What I wanted to hear when I came home is, thank you for saving the world from evil. and uh, <laughs> you're, you're the greatest man on earth, and come in. You don't have to lift a finger. We're going to do everything for you. But she didn't do that. <laughs> Julie needs this, Brent needs this, and I need this. And it's like, I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired. And she said, I know you're tired. And, but Julie needs this, Brent needs this, and I need this. And... <laughs> And so we got in a fight over it. And I just thought she's persecuting the Lord's anointed. And uh, I, I did. That's what I thought, I just thought that. So I told her that, by the way. Well, we got in a fight, we got in a big fight over it. And finally, I decided I'm sleeping on the couch. I'm not gonna let let the sister have the blessing of me being in bed with her. And I think she slept better, actually. (laughs) Honestly. I slept on the couch for several nights. I knew she was wrong. I I knew she was wrong, no no doubt in my mind she was wrong. And I was laying there one night, sanctimoniously, and I was laying there like third night on the couch, and I was praying for her. And I thought, Lord, help her, you know, she. (laughs) Here's what the Lord spoke to me, I'll never forget it. It spoke to my heart. Jimmy, you have communicated to Karen in real terms that the church is more important than she is. Now you repent, and you go tell her you're wrong. And I thought, you mean I've spent three nights on the couch to hear that? <laughs> and I went and I told Karen, I said, I'm, Karen, I'm full of fear. I'm, I'm driven. I'm giving everything to the church. And I said, I'm so sorry. And I said, I'm going to leave the ministry. I'll go back in the appliance business. We'll get our lives right. And Karen said, Jimmy, you're supposed to be in the ministry. Don't, don't leave the ministry. But we need you first. And from that point forward, I changed because I decided I wasn't gonna lay my family on the altar of success. And and let me say this, sometimes we get confused between God and church. The most important thing in my life is God, but that's my personal relationship with God. That's not church. The second most important thing in my life is my wife. The third is my children. The fourth is in church and extended family and work. It comes all the way down here. And like I said before, a lot of times the things that are threatening our relationship aren't bad things. They're good things out of priority, children. Nothing is as important, as God in a marriage, children. But some people say, they say, well, my, my children, you know, I, I live for my children. That's good, but listen, your children are a temporary assignment. They, they come and go. Listen, I remember when they get, put our kids in our hands, and I remember when we gave them away at their weddings. And they don't want you following around the rest of their life, they wanna be in a relationship. But listen, when you give your, your marriage up for your children, how are your children going to succeed in marriage if you don't show them how? And the number one thing they need to see is you prioritizing your marriage. I want to say something to blended families because I know probably half of you guys are blended families. A lot of people watching are blended families. Mo- in, a, in an intact nuclear family, you have a marriage and then children. It doesn't mean there aren't challenges there because there are, but you have a marriage and then you have children. In a blended family, you have children than then a marriage. Families don't build around children, they build around a marriage. Marriage is the nucleus of that. And I wanna say, if you're in a blended family, the number one issue in succeeding as a blended family is making your marriage first. And sometimes children are hurt, there might have been a previous marriage, there might be loyalty to a bi- biological parent, and there may be animosity, even hostility, Uh, toward the non-biological parent or whatever, which creates confused emotions and all of that. I want to say this one more time. If your children have been through a bad circumstance and they've seen a failed marriage, the best thing you can do for your children is show them how to succeed in marriage. You have to put your marriage at the core of the relationship and then the children relate around the marriage, not the other way. Otherwise, you become divided. The number one law of marriage is the law of priority. It only works in first place. Let me say this. It's a challenge and and, uh, some of you may be violating that law And, and your spouse is complaining, they feel jealous. And they're complaining about your work, they're complaining about the kids, they're complaining about this or that. Not bad things, just good things out of priority. What your spouse needs to hear from you in real terms is, I'll make any changes in my life I need to make. But except for Jesus Christ, you are the priority in my life. It's not a principle. That's for a few, it's a law. It's the only way that marriage works. Well, I hope this teaching today was a blessing to you. You know, this teaching today is part of a fuller seminar that I do called Marriage on the Rock. And Marriage on the Rock is a 10-part seminar. And in that seminar, we just talk about the foundational issues of marriage that, that saved our marriage, literally. When Karen and I were on the brink of divorce, this is the information that saved our marriage. And so we want to get this information into your hands What you saw today is just a very small part of the full seminar. First of all, for your gift of any amount right now to support the ministry and mission of marriage today, we wanna send you the CD single called The Most Important Issue in Marriage. And it is the most important issue in marriage. We'll send it to you right away for your gift of any amount. For your gift of $50 or more, we wanna send you the full CD seminar, 10-part seminar, Marriage on the Rock, plus the Marriage on the Rock book. For a gift of $110 or more, we'll send you the full seminar on DVD, plus the Marriage on the Rock book, plus our book, Happy, Happy, Love. And Happy, Happy, Love is just a fun book. It's a very romantic book. Put the spice back into your relationship, kind of the passion and intimacy. Maybe if you've lost some of that, it'll just help you to get it back. All of these resources are marriage-saving, marriage-building resources. We want to get this to you to help you, to bless you, maybe even if you're single or divorced. Get these and prepare for your next marriage but we want to get these into your hands here's how you can get them.
2: marriage on the rock the best-selling book and series is the essential resource to having the marriage of your dreams through this power-packed series marriage expert jimmy evans will show you how to deal with real life challenges and offer easy to understand solutions that will transform your relationship jimmy will address all the major issues a couple will encounter like communication, finances, sex, kids, his and her needs, blended families, and much more. For your gift of any amount, you'll receive the CD single, The Most Important Issue in Marriage. For your gift of $50 or more, we'll send you the Marriage on the Rock book and CD series. For your gift of $110 or more, you'll receive the book and DVD series, plus the passion-reigniting Happy, Happy Love book. Discover God's design for your dream marriage. Whether you've been married for years or just preparing for the journey, experience Marriage on the Rock today.
1: Well, this program today comes from Marriage on the Rock, the uh, seminar, 10-part seminar. And we're talking about the law of priority, the number one law of marriage. And so it changed our marriage mm-hmm. completely because I was the one in our marriage that didn't have our my priorities right. And it was horrific what it did it in our marriage. And actually, Karen, we have some questions from some of our viewers. Yes. I want to begin by asking you this question. Karen, we've been through a challenging time. My wife and I have grown apart and don't share much outside of the children. How can we get the passion back? So it's the the kids are kind of consuming.
3: It's a great question. And, you know, most couples go through this. You know, I always like to tell people that, you know, really and truly what you're going through is so normal. I mean, there's not a couple that doesn't struggle at some point in their marriage with an issue like this. And one of the things that we always say is it's so important to have quality time alone. You know, whether it's a date night or getting away for the weekend. Mm -hmm. And, you know, don't bring the kids, you know, leave the kids behind, however you have to work that out. You know, and just start by communicating. You know, it's amazing how uh, we find out from, you know, when you get deep into issues that a lot of the problems are because they stop communicating. They stop talking. And um, either from being offended or they're hurt or they're too busy, they're stressed out. You know, there's a misunderstanding. I mean, disappointment. Disappointment kills a marriage. Yeah. And um, so, you know, just it's not... An, and unfixable, it's really simple. And since the man is writing this in, I would say get romantic with your wife. I mean, you know, plan something for her that she doesn't expect. You know, go to the extra trouble of making the dinner reservation, finding the babysitter, you know, getting a hotel, um, and surprise her. You know, you you'll be shocked at how if you if, if a wife knows how much her husband's willing to do something like that, um, it changes everything.
1: Uh, it, it really does. And, and the thing I would say is you have to keep your marriage first.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: The kids are not as important as the marriage. That sounds real cruel, and they're very important, but they're, they're temporary. Mm-hmm. You know, children come into our lives, and they leave, yeah. and they go out on their own. And when you give your marriage up for your children, how are your children going to succeed in marriage if you don't show them how? Mm-hmm. And the second thing is, is that when you give your marriage up for your children and they leave home, then you have a shell of a marriage. And when your children leave home, you should have a vibrant marriage. So, mm-hmm. tr- like like you said, Karen, everything you said, but I would just say, train your children. Train your children to respect your marriage. Right. Now, we have another question here that I believe someone wrote to me.
3: Yes, it's, she says, my husband is always on social media or surfing the web. I have even have to ask him to put the phone down when we talk. I've told him this bothers me, but nothing changes. Rebecca from Philadelphia.
1: Well, it, again, violates the priority of the marriage because something else is coming. I'm competing for your attention. You know, when the Bible says that for this cause a man will leave his father and mother, it means you reprioritize your life. Mm -hmm. That means I have to be first. And if I'm sitting in a room with you and you're on social media, is social mm-hmm. it means somebody else is out there connected to you mm-hmm. and and they are more important than me and i'll tell you it it it's just it just sends a cold chill through the marriage mm-hmm. to just uh, we used to have some friends and he was always on his uh, blackberry yeah and he was always like this and she would just get livid at him because when I'm on my phone, I'm not just on a phone, I'm with someone else.
2: Mm-hmm. When
1: I'm on social media, I'm with someone else. You gotta turn it off. You, mm-hmm. We really need to have, when it, the Bible says to leave and cleave, we need to have a time where we turn off all of our electronics, mm-hmm. TV, computer, telephones, and we're just alone together. It's how you fall in love. I agree. And it's how you stay in love. So I just say, say to your husband, you know, how much you Want him to disconnect that, but I'm saying anyone right now, if you're addicted to, you know, electronics and social media, it's really going to have a negative impact on your marriage. Your marriage has to be first. It's a law. Today we're talking about the law of priority. It is a law for this cause: a man will leave his father, and mother, cleaving to his wife. Marriage has to be first. We hope that that's helpful to you. Thank you for joining us today, and also I want to say thank you for all of our partners. We have partners all over the country, thousands of you who support us here. Karen and I want to say thank you, but also, if you're not a partner, would you consider becoming a partner with us here at Marriage Today to help us take this program and this ministry all across the world to help couples succeed in marriage, to stop a spirit of divorce from destroying uh, marriages and societies, and to keep little children together with their parents. Please become a partner with us. Here's how you can do it.
0: We all enter into marriage confident a happy, fulfilling life is in front of us. Over time, life's journeys can quickly deflate those expectations and we're left feeling like we've fallen out of love. But with the right information and a mutual commitment to success, a better marriage is possible. Become a rock-solid partner and gain instant access to practical marriage help in topics ranging from communication, needs, and intimacy, as well as blended families, intentional dating, spiritual health, and much more. Marriage Today exists to help every person succeed in marriage. With your help, we can continue raising a standard for marriage and reverse the curse of family breakup in order to rebuild the nation's one home at a time.
2: That's why we're tied
1: into the ministry. We want to be able to bless and give so they can keep doing what they're doing. There's just millions of marriages that need help. And if this is a way we can help facilitate that, then
0: that's a great way to spend some money.
3: We love Jimmy and Karen, and we love learning more
1: about how uh, to be a better couple and how to help other couples like they do.
0: Become a rock solid partner with the ministry and mission of marriage today. Thanks for watching. Follow Marriage Today for more marriage building tips and resources.